0: It's time for the Buffalo Plus Podcast. Now and again, rolls, on the move, lets it fly, oh, damn!
1: All right. Welcome back to the Buffalo plus podcast presented by Connors and Ferris. Before we get started talking OTAs, please be sure to like comment and subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoy our stuff, I'm joined as always by Mike Catalana, Dan Fates. I am back. Jack patrol. All right. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, the bills and orchard park doing some organized team activities. These are voluntary, um, where do we want to start? What do you think? Should we go attendance? Should we go Josh Allen motivated? Should we go Von Miller? Mike, what are you
0: feeling? Well, I, I, let's start with Josh Allen. And I think those other things come into play. Okay. Agreed. Perfect. And so I'm going to Josh- start with Josh because I believe he has a talking point, And I understand it, that he's motivated yes. more than he's been. And he's focused more than he's been. And I find that really becoming more and more interesting to hear him say that. And I guess, look, we've known from the start, this guy's a worker. He's a coachable guy, great teammate, all those things. Um, Yeah, I was listening to Jeremy White on WGR. You guys, everybody knows the Bills, knows those guys. And he said something and the way he said it. I I agree with him. He said it almost as if Josh is trying to prove something to somebody. Now, that could Mm -hmm. be to himself. Mm -hmm. It could be to a coach. It could be to a teammate. It could be to his family. Like, I don't know. But to say, like, I'm still that guy. I Maybe it got away from him a little bit last year. And I'm not talking about his dedication to playing. I'm talking about the little stuff, the focus, the um, preparation, the knowing where everybody is at all times. I mean, we almost took that for granted because that's who he had been since he really took over and that, and it started to become a little, you know, where they were dependent on him and maybe he had lost a little trust or faith. A lot of it fell on Dorsey, not saying there isn't blame, but Dan, I look at him and I go, I think he's trying to say, and it could be to an individual, but uh, I'm still Josh and I'm going to show it to everybody
2: this year. Isn't this what all the great quarterbacks do? Like, isn't this what, Tom Brady has done for most of his career when he'd win a Super Bowl and then say nobody believed in me and remember when Patrick Mahomes was done about a year and a half ago when everybody's like "stop it's it's done" and then we're all like yeah there's still the Chiefs and he's still Patrick Mahomes. I think good quarterbacks need to do the great quarterbacks have to find something and I think when you start to slip a little bit and whether that was the elbow injury, I know people comment in all the time, like about the struggles of the offense, the last nine, nine, 10 weeks of the season, a lot of people bring up the elbow. Absolutely. And I also think that it's hard in the middle of a season to let your foot up off the gas a little bit, even if it's unintentionally to then rev the engine back up. And maybe that's what Josh is kicking himself about the way that the season finished, the way that, It transpired with digs, the bad taste in his mouth. All of those things, I think, combine into this Josh with a motive, with a message. I agree with you, and I agree with Jeremy White, that there is something behind this that is a factor into this new mindset, because we always knew that Josh always wanted to prove it to the Bills. Remember, he always talked about that, that he didn't want to let them down. But he he hasn't let them down. He's, he's turned them into – he's turned the franchise around. It seems like it's something beyond that um, that we may never find out, and this is all just speculation. But, again, I just feel like some of the great quarterbacks in the league go through these cycles where all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you know that shiny new toy is Joe Burrow. He's going to get a lot of money. And Josh is like, still Josh Allen. Like, if you guys forgot about me, like we kind of forgot about at times, Mahomes and Brady.
1: I will say two things to your point. Like, I feel like that note of like everyone doubted me, all this stuff like that usually comes out after. And I feel like that's not the message that Alan is saying. Alan's saying like, no, you can trust in me. Like I'm more like, it's a different sort of tone to the message. It's not like you guys, no one believed in me. It's like, you know, believe in me. It's like saying to believe in him. And I don't know if it's a testament to, to just the way last season was Because of the way, like, I mean, that was an exhausting season. And I'm not saying it's okay for a player to check out mentally, because it's not. But at the same point, I think maybe by the end, things were just exhausting. And I think for him, he was like, that's unacceptable. And maybe that sent a message to other players in the locker room. Like, you can be saying all the right things, but that doesn't mean you're doing all the right things. And maybe that's why taking a step back and going into this year being like, I'm going to do and say all the right things because I am locked in. I was brought here to bring a championship to Buffalo. We have not been able to get over that hump. And he's going to be the person that people circle on the roster and say, it hasn't been done yet. What does Josh need to do? Is that fair? I don't think so. But at the same point, that's the responsibility that comes with being, you know, a top five, top three quarterback. And that's what it's going to take. So I think it's, we've never seen this side of Josh. He's not usually been this outspoken about, like, him needing to be more focused.
2: It is funny that we talk about this as Josh being outspoken when all he is saying is, I'm just motivated. I've never been more motivated. Like, And and I mean that in the sense of, Josh doesn't say a lot, guys. We've always said That's that's why it is a lot. (laughs) Right. So that's what I'm saying is that, like, but it isn't a lot in the terms of, you have players coming out being like, I mean, we're not even at Mike the best shape of their life season. Like, we're, <laughs> we're not even there yet. But Josh is Josh has jumped into. I've never been more motivated in my life season. So we're ahead yeah. of the game. All right, but here's the thing,
0: Dan. What you're referencing with guys like Brady and even Mahomes, they've won. They've been there. It's almost like you can go back to the Michael Jordan, like find something to motivate me. It's different with Josh. He's gotten a lot of criticism. Uh, again, at the level that he's at. Uh, I, I I listen to him again uh, from the OTAs, and I hear little things that I don't normally hear from him. And that is where I think he's taking responsibility for some actual, uh, not play calling, but understanding everybody's role in the offense. And where he's like, you know, maybe he missed guys. Maybe there were guys open. Maybe he did things where it's a little too much like, I'll just rely on being Josh and get it done. And Dorsey gets crushed because the offense took a step back. And, and obviously he deserves some of that. But maybe Josh is looking back on it a little bit and going, they're telling me this, they're telling me that, and I didn't come through the way I could to find players that are open. And Jenna, I'm going to just throw, we, we weren't going to talk about attendance. This isn't about attendance, but I can't not say it. (laughs) Where are we on Diggs and Josh? I mean, I just don't, I always felt that there was that lockstep with those two and maybe it's all fine. I don't feel it right now. Maybe it's not even about showing up at the
2: OTAs. I just don't. I don't feel it at the moment between so, those two. I, to finishing your point, Mike, just because and I'm just saying, you know, speculation alert button, like ding, 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 ding. Like this is nothing that I know. It's just and nothing new that we've said here on, on this channel, but just the fact of maybe you take for granted how good Brian Dable was. And to just know that like you talk about Mike, you talk about how not taking things for granted kind of thing that I may have missed guys. Maybe it's also the realization of, is – is I am not I, I don't want to say like Dorsey's not holding guys accountable, but just saying like the things that Dable did wasn't there, and all of a sudden Josh is like, crap, this is a lot different. I need to put more on myself because Dable helped me so much. And guess what? That's not a hot take because Brian Dable was an offensive coordinator for a decade. Yeah. So can right. Dorsey, real quick. It- yeah.
0: No, real quick before we – because I want to hear Jenna on this too – um, we also realized there were times when Dayball struggled. Yep. And then Josh adapted. And mm-hmm. then I think he trusted the coordinator and trusted the offense. But Jenna, even Dayballs last year, what were they, seven and six? And yeah. we were in Tampa and it was like they're finally finding something. Yeah. Like that happened. That didn't seem to happen last year. Correct. He still made plays, they still won games. And I, I didn't mean to, like, just drop the whole Diggs bomb in the middle of this, but I just feel it. And I think other people feel it, too.
1: There's definitely some awkward energy, I would use Ooh, the terminology. I, like I feel like you don't want to read too much into it. And Von Miller, future Hall of Famer, talked on, on, at OTAs about, if I'm – Diggs is a professional, all of these things. He's a veteran. He doesn't need to be here. OTAs are voluntary. 1000%. And he doesn't have to come. I and mean, he didn't go to all the OTAs last year Diggs didn't. But I agree with you that there's tension is too strong of a word. But it's we're not used to seeing Allen and Diggs in this kind of demeanor. And the way the season ended maybe both guys needed to take kind of a a step back maybe they needed some time apart and maybe they have conversed they just haven't said that openly so it's left people to have this lingering feeling of is there something going on and i think that's honestly kind of valid
2: yeah you were kind of like looking for the word like um, you said tension. Was that the word you kind of use? Like not really, well, I think tension is too strong. Correct. I don't Correct. think it's too strong. Well, Jenna, I would like to see in the Buffalo Plus shop a t-shirt
0: that says awkward energy. I think that's a fantastic <laughs> phrase. Perfect. Perfectly described it, it's
2: so well. <laughs> I think that's exactly it too. Awkward is the word I would use to describe this. And it's not because, and I know everybody will say, and I'm one of those people that for the most part says he didn't come last year. What's the big deal? But last year didn't end with him being very boisterous on the sidelines in front of his team. Last year didn't end with him leaving the locker room before media could attend. Last year didn't end like this year did. That is where it's different. And that's where it feels, like you said, awkward, where maybe things were portrayed incorrectly in Minnesota. And that was one of the first things that Stefan Diggs talked with Vic Carucci about when he was, I'll never forget that that Zoom. And Vic was like, hey, the way things ended. And he's like, how did things end? He's like, what did I do? And we were all like, "Um, well, and it was like, yeah, he's like, this was all kind of made up. All of a sudden, those kind of things creep back in. And those aren't fair because if it's a different situation, different things. But I'm with you, Jenna. It's awkward. They're not doing SI for kids hugging each other. They're They're not coming out. Diggs hasn't come out, especially to anybody in the local media. I know he talked about his frustrations and how he loves Josh, but there was no defending Josh post game, you know, post locker cleanout where we had to hear from Isaiah McKenzie and we had to hear from all these other players stand up for yeah. Diggs. And Diggs really hasn't done that. So that's where it's a little different. I don't think it's a massive deal. I don't think this means it's not being traded, none of those things. But it is, like you said, that awkward energy. Um, To this offseason that is kind of hanging over it.
1: That's exactly what it is. It's like a hangover of some of those feelings, it seems like to us, or at least to me. And I will say, like... I think this is something when they t- the, when they see each other, when Diggs hopefully will be there for mandatory camp, mini camp, like I think it will be very easily squashed out. I really do. If there is any yeah. like weirdness, I think that's one of those things. But when we're literally on the cover of Sports Illustrated Best Friends issue and you haven't openly talked about talking with one another and all this stuff, it does lead to questions about, is there something going on? And... Those questions will linger until that's that narrative has kind of been nipped nipped in the bud.
2: I yeah. uh, I have a Jenna just got us a great name for the podcast. It's, it's awkward energy. That is yeah, for sure. I, so I just, love that for us. <laughs> yeah, and like I said again, I am also one of those people. I just wanted to say because people be like, Dan doesn't get it because that's what usually happens in the comments. It's voluntary. <laughs> I, it's voluntary. It is. I remember this saying,
0: isn't even about him not showing
2: up. This, well, the, to the, me, it's been the whole okay. off season. Yeah, correct. But I want to make the I want to make my point crystal clear before people click off or comment that Dan's a moron. Is that it is voluntary? I don't care who shows up. It, in all honesty, when Jordan Poyer didn't show up, and everybody goes, "What a bad teammate he is," and I was going, "Shut up! Nobody cares. It's voluntary." The 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 difference here is that there is more it feels like there's more to the story than a contract situation. Like there was with Jordan Poyer. That's the difference. That's that yeah. awkward energy that we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Jenna's right. It
0: probably, everything will, it'll be yeah. fine. Mom and dad will talk. We'll, we'll all go to on a vacation. It'll be fine. Everything yeah. will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything.
1: Hopefully it's not the, everything is fine meme. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, that is, that is an interesting point of this off season, and we know. I mean, I've been asked. I'm sure you guys have been asked. Stop in Wegman's. Is everything okay, <clears throat> Mike? What do you think? Like, I, I, it is something that. Do you think it'll be resolved? Like, yeah. Say, I say, do you think yeah.
2: it'll be resolved? Meaning, yeah, give the listeners some reason to be calm.
0: Yeah. This is what I was going to say. I'm going to circle back around to my initial <laughs> point about he's talking to somebody. Uh, what if he's talking to Diggs when he's oh, talking Alan? about his dedication? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And and again, Dan, you highlighted it. What did Diggs say about the offense? This didn't start in Cincinnati. Correct. Like, this yeah. is what happens with wide receivers. And and I every time somebody says he's he's dedicated, he's a he's a worker. He's all those things. He is all those things. And he wants the ball and he should want the ball and he's competitive yep. and he should be competitive. But they had that vibe. And I'm not saying it's gone. I'm saying is maybe it's got to be sort of earned back a little bit. And maybe there have been things the other way. Maybe, you know, he, those two have a good relationship. He's the number one guy. He ain't going anywhere. Dan's point is right. They're not trading him. He's yeah. not going anywhere. He's not demanding anything. It won't work. That's not happening. I mean, Josh was pretty positive about Trent Sherfield and playing that wide, you know, outside That's receiver spot. in OTAs, <laughs> Which is good. They need a guy who can actually play on the outside behind digs. But like, yes, Jenna's right. Now, look, you get to mandatory OTAs and there's an issue, but that's not what's going to happen here because there really is no contract issue for Diggs. Nothing's happening. It's yeah. not about that. And by the way, he's, he's had a good offseason
2: too. Man can dress. I mean, he has been everywhere. Right? Was yeah. he Met Gala too? Yeah. yeah, Met Gala. He was over in Europe France. for some yeah. other big fashion week. He's Question. having a ball. Good for him what happened more Stefan Diggs traveling this off season or Josh Allen golfing? Cause Ooh. they are, they are dead neck and heat. neck.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: The dead heat. I think love about
2: Steph- it. Yeah. Think I about love it. Stephon Diggs Instagram so much. Cause I'm so confused. I just so confused scrolling through it. Yeah. It's awesome. Think about
0: the differences. Diggs isn't hanging out at the masters and Josh can wear a suit, but that's not like, he's not, he's, you know, he's t-shirt and the the
2: visor guy more. Josh is at the Derby. He's going yeah. go yeah. to did go to all four major golf events. Apparently, dude, it's it's- cool.
1: that's hey, what I would do. About- if I had a lot of money.
2: Yeah, the I derby. would go to
1: every sporting event. Jenna,
2: um, you talked about Dan. And we always
0: bring up best shape of their life. Um, <laughs> is Josh going for best hair of his life? Is that is that a thing?
1: Certainly a look. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I'm, d- I'm done with that part of it. I think. I think okay. we we push that out there. We have plenty okay. of time before the year, but something's going on.
1: Mike Catalana has closed the book, so that well, me I means we need to open a new book.
0: Yeah, let's <laughs> open it. Let's open a new one.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about Von Miller. He was at OTAs, obviously coming back after the oil change. That is an ACL injury. Um, Shout out Jenny we- Ralph.
0: <laughs> yeah, my wife had ACL surgery. <laughs> She texted Tan to tell him this oil change is something. <laughs> I almost figured it was just
2: you on Jenny's phone. I thought the thing. thing.
0: We were laughing about it. She said you were very nice to text her, and then I said text him about the oil change <laughs> as she's laying there with her leg spread out to to hold it in place after <laughs> surgery. <laughs> God. I said to her, you're going to be Von Miller. I keep motivated. She knows you're going to be Von. I'm literally telling her that you're going to be Von. You're going to be back fast.
1: Well, he gave a guarantee at OTAs that he would be back no later than week six. He also did not rule out week one, um, but he says he doesn't have like a specific timeline, but he wants to be ready for early on in the season. Dan, he didn't have to give a guarantee.
2: (laughs) No, that's Von. Yeah. That's so Vaughn. Do you know it's he's entering his 14th year in the league <laughs> and that he's that he's been around for a long time. Um, he's a big fan of the game, too. Big fan of ACL recoveries, too. He's a big fan. Um, yeah, I think that this Brandon Bean also hinted at this when he was on the green light pod with Chris Long, saying that he wouldn't put it past Vaughn to be ready for opening day, and that they were gonna have to be the ones, he said it we're gonna have to be the ones that hold the reins back on Vaughn. Yeah, which yeah apples and oranges from a second ACL injury to a veteran to all, all of those different things. But this is a guy that has gone through it before. He, he kind of knows it. I mean, he's posting on his Instagram, just one video after another that looks great. Um, yeah. I have hand up. I have been tricked by videos where you see something and go <laughs> guys ready. That, that, that'll that bring us back to an oil change. Um, but yeah, I think <laughs> I, I don't know if it's week one and that goes into the turf at MetLife, yeah. they've changed it, things things like that. Um, Vaughn has been very adamant uh, this offseason about getting NFL fields to change to grass. Yeah. I wonder if that'll play into a part of it. Um, I believe MetLife changed their turf. I thought I saw that somewhere. Um, but I don't know if week one's realistic. Yeah. But I definitely, like I said, I understand the guarantee of like, he wants to be back, um, still was playing at a high level when he got injured. Uh, and the Bills aren't playing on Thanksgiving this year. So that's yeah, that's news. good. Jenna, here's what I, I'm going to say this. I don't want him playing week one. Yep. Yeah, no. I don't want him
0: playing week there's one. no point. The six weeks is the idea because they can put him on the pup list because he's injured coming into the offseason uh, for two reasons. I do think there's times when the player focuses, and I get it. They're motivated. They're working out. They're thinking opening day. I want to be there with my team. Totally get that idea. But then you say to yourself, you know, is week two that big of a deal? You're Von yeah. Miller. What they want from Von Miller is to get him ready, get him on the field. And look, the other part you got to look at it is the first part of their schedule is on paper the easier part. Yeah. Not that they don't need Von Miller, but you want Von Miller. They, they had him at the wrong part of the season last year, just the way it worked out. Right yeah. when you really want Von Miller. And he played great in Kansas City and he played great in LA, all those things. Yeah. If he was 25, you'd want him for 18 weeks plus. Yeah. I, I don't, I want them to say, that's fine, Vaughn. You probably could play the first few weeks. Yep. But we're going to wait. And that doesn't necessarily mean pup list and it's got to be six weeks. Maybe it's yeah. four weeks, whatever it is. And then they ramp him up a little bit. But um, I love the guarantee. Oh, that's, that is right on brand.
1: It's so funny because I heard that and I just started to giggle because I was like, of course, he's like G- giving a guarantee. You're right. It's going to be the bills kind of holding back the reins. You don't need Vaughn Miller in September. You need him at the end of the season. And he's been through it before. So I understand his mindset of like, look, I've done this. I, w- I want to be back out there with my teammates. They brought yeah. me in to be this guy. He's also 34 and you want to be smart. And I think having the bills just go through Sorry, they're doing construction. If you hear it, wow. have you hey, been you're hearing it? Sounds good. Oh, okay. Oh, great I backdrop,
0: could... by the way. Loving it. Thank Phenomenal. You. Yes. In the process
1: yeah. of moving, there'll be more things added to the shelf to the bookcase. Um, but yeah, I, to me, it's like that's great that he wants to be out there. He, is, he was impactful, but also a part of me is just genuinely curious to see how it'll be with A.J. Epinesa and what can Boogie Basham do anything? Can these other guys also take a step forward? Do I expect them to be Vaughn Miller? No, absolutely not. But the Bills invested a lot in that defensive line. Can we see maybe some progress from the guys behind him? That's something that I'm like, I, do I expect
2: that? Not
1: really, but it's a good it's- opportunity for those guys behind him.
2: It's like Groundhog's Day. What? It's like it's like we keep talking about like who AJ uh Boogie Basham. Are these guys going to step up? And it's just sometimes they are who they are. Yeah, I'm, that, that, that's I'm, when,
1: I'm not. And do I I'm expect them you, to gotta, suddenly become good? Not easy. really. I'm not but. calling you
2: out. I'm just saying it's just like how many times can we do a pod or do a video and say one of these guys has got to step up? And we sit like we're sitting there. It's like. Here's the
0: difference for this year. Best shape, of their, like best best shape, shape of, of their life. It's almost like best shape of their life. Um, it's almost as if you're picking up if you held Va- Vaughn out, it's almost like you're you're picking him up at the trade deadline, kind of yeah. guy. because let's see what you've got. Let's see, maybe you gotta be outscoring pe- people early. You're not getting that. Then yeah. Vaughn comes in and that and that that's the part I would say. You know he's gonna be ready. Yeah. When he's ready, he's gonna be really ready. But I, I just see that. I've seen it all the time. I get the motivation. It's way too much focus on opening night. If you look back, they beat the Rams. That was great. It ended up being that was an NFC game Yeah. against a bad team. I mean, it you... meant, meant nothing. Now, it's the Jets, and it's opening yeah, day. It's a division game, so it's yeah. different. But, hey, Aaron Rodgers is very dedicated, too. So, the, did you great. see,
1: I saw ESPN with the calf strain. They had ESPN had a graphic of Jets grounded.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> I that know that you was laugh? so cheesy. I laughed so hard. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, God. Hey. He's, they're all, he's all in, you know, this is these, these narratives. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's the quarterback. It's May. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty easy
1: to be all in when you just have to throw on a shell and get out there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't know. I, I, we didn't have this outlined, but I kind of wanted to touch on best, uh, shape their life. Just Ed Oliver, you know, he's, he's a guy that people were talking about at OTAs flashing all this stuff. Um, Mike important year for him contract year coming up. Um, I think he obviously wants to get that big deal that all the players want. And how do you see this season going for him? And is it kind of like a Tremaine Edmonds situation?
0: It might be. Um, His position is valued more by the team and by the league than middle linebacker is. Um, Can he be that guy? Yeah. Would they want to re-sign him if he was that guy? Yeah. But you know this too. It's like they also are... They've also made up, I'm trying to think of a number, 60% maybe. They've made up their mind on what they think of the guy because part of them is going to be, they don't want to be fooled by a contract year. Yeah. Now they want to use him playing well in a contract year. Yeah. Um, But they don't want to be fooled and be like, oh, Ed's that guy now and then he gets paid and then it's different. I'm not saying that's what happens to him. I'll tell you what, they'd be thrilled if he played his way Out of Buffalo because he was spectacular and they didn't want to pay him because they need they need that. They need him to be that guy. But I think after a certain amount of time, don't you kind of know who the guy is? You're going to say that's Tremaine. Those are the yes. words I used. Are you poking yes. me? Like, are you? No, are you doing this no, a no. But no. I'm saying is the yeah, difference I knew exactly with exactly what I was talking about. The yeah. difference with Ed is they value the position more, and they don't really have a replacement for him. I think they looked and saying we can change, <laughs> we can change the defense without and Tremaine. It's triggered. <laughs> we can change the defense without Tremaine. Tremaine got paid. He got paid a lot of money. Yeah. I'm saying is they may be still willing to pay Ed Oliver more because of the position that oh, okay. he plays.
1: Oh, I hear you. Okay. Okay. got that's, that's fair. And that's, I agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but they're, because all- they're not changing the defense, not to have an impactful middle of the defensive line. I mean, you may, <sighs> p- you may play differently with a middle linebacker or the amount of snaps right. or the way you play. Cause you can adjust the defense, but I mean, come on. You gotta have somebody in the middle there, putting pressure up the middle, playing the run.
2: Yeah. Like that yeah. doesn't really change. So for That's... for a while of that, I thought you were I thought you were trolling me because I was like, those are all of the exact things oh, I said about. There's yeah. so many ways to troll you on this. I, that, that would no. Yeah. No, 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 no. But yeah, that I I agree, Mike. They they hope that Ed Oliver, just like I said, Tremaine plays at an all pro level, carries them to a Super Bowl, and then he gets a big deal somewhere else. I think they'd be fine with it. I think they'd be like, that's fair. Because Mike, Mike makes the point all the time, and it's such a good point. You can't just look at one year. Like, it's the yeah. Gabe Davis thing. You can't just look at one or two games and go, man, that would be great. You have to look at the entire sample size. And I think Ed is a very tricky case of pretty high highs, has dominated some games, has taken some games over, and then there have been games where you wish he did more. And you, you, so if he goes off this year, is it the one year? Is it something clicking or is it, uh, you know, just, I don't know. Is it, is it really who Ed is? You, again, you are signing NFL contracts are, what are you going to do? It's not, what have you done? And that's the big difference. So Ed is a difficult case to try and solve. Um, in, in that case, I think, and Mike always makes that point. It's not just the one year. Yeah. See, Is he in the best shape of his life? It's about to be.
1: I was gonna say, I don't I don't know if he's I haven't seen any best shape of his life videos,
2: but who's it's gonna about be in the best time. shape of their life? Who's gonna be in the best shape of their life coming into this? I
1: season? saw a video. Where was I? last year was Devin Singletary.
2: Last yeah. year was Devin Singletary. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um it's okay, gotta please. be somebody who It's a fringe guy. It's a guy that like they want that they're you're they're expecting to have a breakout year.
0: Okay, I got one for you.
2: Don't do it. Spencer Brown.
1: Oh, Ooh, but they love him. I know they defend him.
0: Yeah. He's come in. He's in the best. Sh- it'll be. It'll
2: be said. It'll be said. Ready. Get ready for it. And he might be, but it'll be said. Okay. I, was gonna say, I would also think it'd be like a boogie bash. Him. there'll be articles Ooh, about how he's ready, that he's ready <laughs> to, to take that next step. Actually, Vaughn was talking about
1: how him and Epinesa put on a lot of weight this off course.
2: Yeah. Remember, what, remember when it was AJ Epinesa was in the best shape of his life a few years ago when when Deion Dawkins talked about putting his hands on him and he, th- he yes. said, ooh, that feels like a man. I was like, yeah. We could also have a Gabe Davis in the best shape of his life too. Ankle, healthy ankle, best shape of his life.
1: Okay. I hear you. All right. Well, we were talking about Ed and we mentioned Tremaine and- <clears throat> I want to kind of get to the corners because Kair Elam obviously was last year's first round pick. Um, Trey White, you essentially think of him as being CB1 and then opposite of him, it's kind of like that competition in terms of Kair and Dane Jackson and Christian Benford. Mike, it kind of brings up the conversation like if it is a competition and and Benford's played very well the times that he's been out there. I, I feel like Bill's like first round picks defense. You put picked, I mean, obviously Kyer wasn't as yeah. high as Ed Oliver was, but like some of these guys you're like, Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, it's interesting that they basically said, yeah, I think it was John Butler talking about that, you know, Benford's playing corner. That's where he is because we had heard maybe moving yeah. to safety. Of course, Poyer and Hyde are both back. So have yeah. does change. And you have Taylor all right. right. Um, I love the fact that I think, especially on a Sean McDermott defense, I love the fact that Benford earned a one spot last year over the number one pick. They weren't worried about and he did, and he was playing. I I think their secondary is going to be really good this year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think I I went from being like, who do they have? I think both those guys can play. Obviously, they have you know Elam. People were down on him for a lot of stuff, but I I like I like the. Physically the way he is, Mm -hmm. I think he's got the right mindset, but it's got to show on the field. Uh, Trey coming back was a weird dynamic last year until they got him going. Mm -hmm. Dane Jackson is one of those guys. They know they can always plug in when they need to. But I think they're both going to play a ton, but I think it's a wide-open competition on the other side. And uh, Trey White's got to be Trey White. To be locked in as that guy.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Maybe that's not fair. Maybe he comes back this year fully back to who he is, and that would be awesome for this defense. Yeah. But (laughs) Dan, I'm one, you know, is there a point where it's maybe this, this, maybe this will go back and look at this and this will sound stupid in week four? But is it guaranteed that Trey is out there for all the snaps
2: or most of the snaps all the time this year? Yeah, that's stupid. He will be, I, I, I think. Okay, might be. I, yeah, like I, I – and it goes back to what I was talking about, you know, guys recovering. Only on a
1: podcast can you tell your boss that's stupid.
2: <laughs> well, no, he prefaced I it. Know, I know, I said it. Yeah. I, he prefaced it, otherwise I wouldn't have gone there. But, yeah, I, I think that – saw the way that he played towards the end of last year, starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. And then, again, some idiot on a podcast and a YouTube <laughs> channel talked about how it's an oil change. And I think that those idiots out there – are stupid. stupid. I, I just think that that's a stupid take and that obviously everybody knows that like ACL recoveries, especially for somebody who's never been injured before. I think that it could be 18 months. So I, I, I think that you're going to see, like I said, there was no pitch count when Trey really kind of came back. And in the playoffs, I, I thought he was there. You're going to get an off season of football activity and not just rehabbing. Um I think he needs to be there. And I know, Mike, you've talked about before too, big year for Trey in the sense of contract stuff right isn't there something that they could couldn't they opt out or cut him this year
0: would be Yeah well you you always have to look at that is like where are they in the contract yeah. right the, the, he wasn't going anywhere and there was no reason for him to be going anywhere but after this year it changes and Correct. the only reason i say that is they've been pretty much, it's just meritocracy here you got to play to be yep. on the field and yeah. some guys deserve the benefit of the doubt i mean what they did for Trey in detroit yep They don't do that for a lot of guys. I've never seen a team really do that where they put him out there for what? 12 snaps, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. like in a regular season game. But that's what they think of Trey. My only point is if Benford can play, Elam can play. I'm not saying they're better than Trey. I'm saying is at the moment it's, it's Jenna, what'd you say? It's the narrative is who's playing opposite Trey. Well, he deserves that. Yeah. But at some point you got to play to deserve that. And let's see this year if he's back to being fully being Trey.
1: I I mean, McDermott had glowing remarks about him at his press conference this week uh, and saying how he's attacking the offseason. That's great. Yeah. All that stuff. I I guess I you're right. I just plug in who's playing opposite of Trey, but I feel like White has earned that.
0: No, and no, think- a, 100%. You're right. And I'm not changing the narrative. I'm saying is you get into the games and then it's like, how are they playing? Who's playing? He is a guaranteed snap guy. Yeah. Guaranteed. And does that change at all this year? You're
1: stirring the pot, sir.
2: Yeah. Here's here's this for you. I'll say this. Injuries aside, if you just looked at players, didn't look at their number or their name on the back of their jersey. Right. I thought Christian Benford was better than Kyer Elam last year. I think and like Mike talks about meritocracy and it kind of reminded me of the only thing that prevented Benford from playing more was just injuries. And it, it, to me, that brought me back to like Taron Johnson, when it was like, man, when he's on the field and healthy, he changes this defense. And I thought, I thought Benford had that effect. I really did the size, the speed, the physicality and the instincts I thought were better than Kyer Elam's different expectations. It's like, they always talk about it in a golf in a golf tournament, at which we just finished up. The how freeing it is to come from behind. Yeah. When you can chase, when you're the sixth, seventh round pick. Yeah, who cares if you make a mistake? You're supposed to. You're viewed yeah. as that guy that is supposed to make the mistake. When you're the number one, when you're the first round pick, when a team's traded up for you, there's pressure. It is a lot harder to hang on to the lead in that job than it is to be the guy coming from behind. Yeah. So yeah. I really like the way that I saw from Benford. He played free to me. He played aggressive. I didn't always see that from Kair. I saw it at times. We all did. But yeah. to me, if you're Mike makes a great point again, it's meritocracy with this bill. So I don't, like I said, yeah. Benford started games over Elam and yeah. they have well, no part
0: the first game. And yes. to me, that was a message to him, to Elam, to the to team. The team. <laughs> and the team would have known those guys. know. now look. Jay, uh, uh Kyrie elam's the number one pick that's what gives him whatever level of status that you have trey Absolutely. white is an all pro player i'm not benching trey white no
2: no uh, no i no. i know what i'm you're saying.
0: saying is i'm saying is the better guys are going to play and there's going to be times when they get them on the field and if both of these guys can play i think they're gonna that they, i guess my point would be does Elam always have to be subbing for Benford
2: or the other way around? Yeah,
1: I see what you're saying.
2: I I understand you. And and my my point is if Benford hadn't been injured with the oblique, with the wrist, with other things, we may not know what Kyrie Elam really (laughs) plays like because he won the job out of training camp straight up, was the better corner then, was so valuable that we talked about finding other positions because we just eventually assumed – as the first round pick he's going when you draft somebody in the first round you expect him to be a starter yeah and i don't think that we would have seen Elam nearly as much with how well benford played if it hadn't been for injuries
0: yeah now in fairness oh. they did split the reps it wasn't like he just sat on the bench and it was it was split when they were out there even from that first game but benford's gonna play
2: i mean yep. he's gonna he's playing yeah they yeah. pretty much invented a position for taron Like they kind of changed the defense to be like, we're this nickel defense when he's this good slot corner. I, this may come back to bite me, but like, this is like, I think Benford has that versatility and impact on a defense with his side speed, athleticism instincts to be a Terran esque player on this defense moving forward, where he can be so valuable that the bills pretty much play a certain style of defense because of Terran they're yeah. able to play a certain of defense because Taryn, I think that maybe it's not this year because you still have Taryn, you still had the, you know, hide and Poyer coming back. Uh, I just see. That's how I view Benford and his impact.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a very high compliment, obviously. I mean, the sample size that we had, he, he performed. It's just the injuries too, which we, we saw that with Taryn. Um, But that's That's something to watch. Absolutely. And it's kind of cool to see. I feel like for so long, it was like, all right, well the bills had Levi Wallace and Levi Wallace won that competition. And last year it was Dane and all this stuff and Trey coming back. But I mean, it will be a competition and you know how much McDermott and the team in general and the bills and, you know, Brandon Bean love that aspect of, you got to earn your spot and you got to keep earning it to stay there. So that, that is pretty interesting to watch during camp as well. Um, let's talk Dorian Williams. Bills, Tremaine Edmonds no longer in Buffalo. Um, McDermott said that Williams has been taking, you know, the middle, uh, middle linebacker role on learning that. Obviously a lot smaller in terms of comparison to Tremaine Edmonds. I feel like coming out of the draft, though, Bean kind of talked about, yeah, we're going to start him on the outside, all this stuff. Mike, I mean, were you surprised that they kind of changed their tune? Or do you think that was all part of the process? Like, what do you expect? What do you think?
0: It's, it's kind of odd, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're at the start of OTAs. Like, they made the point that he was going to be there. And now they're saying he's learning the middle linebacker spot. Look, you drafted him in the third round, much like the year before. You expect that guy to have a role. Um, and by the way, um, special teams took another hit. With this new kickoff rule. Oh, yeah. 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 Cause you, you, there's gonna be a, there's either gonna be squib kicks or a lot of fair catches on kickoffs, but regardless of that, um yeah, I we thought if you're drafting that high, you're gonna pick a guy who's gonna play in the middle, and maybe they want to throw a lot at him, see how he reacts, which I could I could see. Mm-hmm. Um I hope I am very wrong about that pick. I just thought if they were gonna go for that and the guy to play in the middle. They would go for a more a little closer to a traditional guy, not Tremaine. But hey, we could be watching. We could be at Camp at Fisher watching this guy fly around on the field and going, "Well, now I see what they they see in him." Yeah, and that the idea Dan would be, can he pick up all the things that go with the role of being in the middle, knowing the defense, knowing everybody's role, making those calls, and all that. But it is kind of funny that they sort of hedged away from it a, a month ago, and now they're. All in that he's
2: in the middle. It's almost like they didn't want that to be a talking point when yeah. they drafted him and at yeah. rookie minicamp. But they did the same thing with Terrell Bernard, which is why some hot takes idiot made some take that Terrell Bernard would be the Bills starting middle linebacker next season. Scoop. He and, might be. Yeah. But I remember because I that was what stood out to me at training camp last year was that Bernard, who we all thought size fit in the defense was a Matt Milano ask and he replaced, he was the one playing middle linebacker with the second team a lot, which is what led me to, or that idiot to that hot take, the (laughs) fact of, and I think, and again, not a football X's and O's guy, but I think if you can understand that middle linebacker and making those calls in the defense as a young player, I think it helps you with everything else. So maybe that's just wanting him to, get used to taking reps, getting calls, all those things as the middle, which is what he pretty much done at Tulane. And and kind of continue that to, I don't know, throw him kind of in the deep end of the pool to be, hey, like there is this wide open competition. If you show us something, maybe you got a shot.
1: I kind of get why Bean said like, yeah, he's going to start on the outside and then move him into the middle because I feel like we are simple <laughs> in terms of sometimes the media. If they were to get, draft a guy and say, "Yeah, he's going to play in the middle," it'd be like, "Well, there's the replacement for Tremaine Edmonds, and all, the, and maybe yep. put these really high expectations on this guy." As that doesn't sound like saying, something
0: I would do. <laughs> well, now, now they've waited a whole thirty days for us to say he's going to play. I in know, the middle. and it may it be the matter. case. At, uh, McDermott did say that Dorsey had talked to him. I don't know if you guys had heard that part where he's like putting some things in on the offense early to run at OTAs. And he's like, yeah, part of it is we want to see how these guys react. And yeah. Jenna said, you throw him in there. Let's see what it is. And maybe he's the kind of guy they look and they like a lot about it and just realize eh, it might, may, maybe a work in process, pro- progress. I do think that process. You, yes. You went from a guy with guaranteed snaps. I mean, Tremaine was on the field all the time. Yeah, he was. I think to Dan's point, whether that's, you know, an extra safety, an extra corner, whatever it is, they're gonna they're gonna play a little differently this year. And maybe that middle linebacker is not on the field for all those snaps. Yeah. Ninety whatever percent that Tremaine played last year.
1: Well, it kinda makes sense, right? Like Tremaine Edmonds is such an athletic freak like his size his speed all this stuff like it's hard to find that in later rounds of the draft yeah and you're not <laughs> like yeah. you're just it's not going to be a, a a thing so you have to have other players adapt around that mm-hmm. so that to me makes sense in terms of yeah maybe it's a guy that's smaller or faster or whatever but you have to kind of change how you play your defense because you don't have that guy that's the cornerstone of your defense and has is a first round pick and he is rangy and all those things so you have to move around that yeah all right anything else we want to no no
2: we're good good to be back it yeah. is
1: stupid yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll have plenty more coverage as OTAs continue. Mandatory minicamp coming up, training camp back at yeah. Fisher, Turkey burgers. We're all excited. Um, please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Comment below. Hmm. Mm. Oh, and the merch. Yeah, the merch store is still still going strong, so check it out. Um, plenty of mugs. We have new tumblers too, if you want like a like a to-go mug. Those are pretty nice, I will say. Um comment uh who has caught your eye this training camp or this uh this mini camp oh okay. no no what okay. about
2: if the digs drum do you think there's real okay Diggs i didn't drama?
1: know if we were wanted to draw more attention to that
0: well hey maybe uh, people can maybe write and have the opinion that it's absolutely nothing look okay. for the bill's sake i hope that's the case but what's the word
2: we're using awkward energy
1: awkward energy
2: i love it great pod <laughs> great podcast title yeah,
1: awkward energy. <laughs> okay, all right. On that note, let's end it there. Um, for Mike and Dan, I'm Jenna. Again, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, check out the merch store as well, BuffaloPlusStore.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time here on Buffalo Plus.